Welcome to Scrunchy Time. I'm Nicole Hegstead, your fertility advocate. After six years of infertility and three miscarriages, I decided that I needed to become the advocate for my own body. If you're exhausted from struggling to get pregnant and want to know more about how I can help, check out my website at www.nicolehegstead.com. And I'm Bridget May, your children's health expert. My son was born with a heart condition that led to three open heart surgeries, cath labs, a tracheostomy, and a ventilator. After being fed up with mixed opinions, I became my children's own advocate. If your child's health is lacking, then check out my website at www.bridgetmay.com to find out more how I can help. Put your hair up and pay attention while we discuss today's hottest topics concerning female hormones and healthy kiddos. We aren't silky. We aren't crunchy. We're We're scrunchy. Hello and welcome back to Scrunchy Time, our seventh episode. I can't believe we've done seven episodes. Well, we've done six. We're about to do seven. I guess we didn't get our chickens until they're hatched back. <laughs> Something could go really wrong here in the next few minutes. Who knows? Anyway, welcome back to Scrunchy Time. Today we're going to be talking about stress and our children and how much it affects us. And this is really Bridget's biggest topic. Um, or at least she's more proficient in it than I am. So I'm going to let her take it away and take it away. (laughs) All right. Thank you. (laughs) So, yeah. So I've been doing a lot of looking into and researching with my kids lately about like just being outside and what we can do and why we need to. And it's just been hugely impacting me and how (laughs) I view our lifestyles that we have. So like the first thing I want to talk about is how like just our overall lifestyles and how stressed we are. And because that is one of the number one things that earthing helps with when you go outside and just get skin to skin with the ground and all of that, like that's the first thing that's going to start. It's going to lower your blood pressures. It's going to just completely calm and relax your body. And so what do we do in our daily lives, but exactly the opposite. So, um, especially, I mean, even in younger kids and babies, but especially when kids get to be being like three years old, we are shoving them into pre-kindergarten and they have to get up by a certain time. They have to go to, they have to go to school. They have all these scheduled routines and classes and, you know, you have to do this and have to do this. And some schools, some schools are getting better about the wiggling situation and allowing them to move around or, and do a little bit more free play and stuff like that. But a lot of them really focus on like handwriting. Like I know two-year-olds who have written their name by the time they're two and, you know, doing, practicing the alphabet and, you know, counting and X, Y, Z and like forcing them to sit down and do these things. Um, And then that's stressful, right? Like we've all been to school, even in high school and college, it's stressful to be like, okay, learn this now, you know, where you would just naturally learn and absorb it. It'd you'd be like, oh, I learned that. So what, you know? Um, And so we're shoving this on our children at like three years old and then going from there into kindergarten at age five and um, forward. And so, um, and then they get home and then they have all these evening routines and it's like, you've got to get yourself for eight because we've got to get to bed because you've got to do this because you got to get up at seven o'clock in the morning again tomorrow and do it all over again. And so then it forces our bodies into lack of sleep, a three-year-old having lack of sleep. Um, And then we wonder why our children are crabby and grumpy and 
through throwing tantrums and talking back and frustrated and not learning what they're supposed to be learning. And the statistics of children falling behind are rising higher and higher and higher. And um, that also goes with our standards are being raised because of whatever. But anyway, that's another, that's something else for some another day. <laughs> but um, but they, they are, the statistics are falling behind because they're, they're just, they have no time to rest and we need sleep. Sleep is also, it's going to be one of those things. Like we have to get that consistent eight to 10 hours of sleep so that our brains re clean and re yeah. <laughs> so that our brains clean and refilter everything and recharge and reset and they're able to function again. It is a necessary part of life. It cannot be skipped. It is not an option to be skipped on a consistent basis. Um, so, so yeah, so like, that's where I've been like, that's the normal kid's lifestyle. I have a three-year-old, so that's what, that's where they're going from. And when you put it in reverse and what the child should be doing, the way we were designed to live, the way we were created to live is to be outside. I mean, science tells us that we need to be outside a minimum of four to six hours a day. And kids aren't even doing that. Kids aren't even getting outside for three hours a day. And that there's only 3% of American children get outside for three hours a day consistently. I wow. mean, that is just, that is just huge. It's just, it's huge. That's a huge number if you think about that. And how sad, how sad that mm -hmm. is that even, you know, yes, in the wintertime it's hard and we have hot, colder climates and all of that, but there's a good part of America that is very warm and it's very easy to get outside every single day. And three hours is nothing. Like that's just, a, you know, it can be in chunks here and there. No, it, it's not happening. And then um, so yeah, so, but that's what we need to be doing is getting our kids outside more. We need to be getting them out and doing the more education outside, taking stuff outside, letting them be outside and explore and learn for themselves what the world is about. I, you know, they, when we present these classrooms where they're forced to sit down and learn, it's, it's again, putting the strain and stress on them, but then you send a child outside they're going to learn on their own. They're going to learn how to balance. They're going to learn to stack sticks. They're going to learn to, you know, if you're sitting there guiding them through this, they're going to count sticks with you. They're going to learn it. And it's going to be on a just, this is life basis. And they're going to absorb it and retain it so much better than if it's do this now. You know, I don't know if any of you take tests, but I can know everything in the world. And the moment you put that test in front of me, I know nothing. And that's what we're doing to our three-year-olds every time we stick them in a classroom setting at such a young age. So anyway, yeah, so that's a little bit of what I wanted to talk about. Um, the other thing is that kindergarten was actually invented to be that, to be a, a outdoor class so that we go outside and, and learn and it's more of a free play um, get together <laughs> really. And we've turned it into this jump chart to school. And then we've added pre kindergarten to that, um, preschool to that. Um, and it used to be, I remember when I was a kid, preschool was, it was just like daycare with some activities. Well, no, now it's school all over again. And like I said, um, now a head start, yeah. which is preschool. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. 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 They're actually, they have like curriculums and agendas and homework. Yeah. They send their kids home with homework. I didn't even touch on that. But yeah, so they're at school for eight hours a day. And then, oh, here, because you only have five hours at home to eat, sleep, and have family time and do this and that. Here's some homework, too. So then who else is stressed out? Parents are stressed out. 
And kids know that kids know when you're stressed and they stress because it's life. <laughs> like it, you're part of their life. So yeah. I have a, I have a friend who's a kindergarten teacher and we were, I was talking with this about this with her and um, she was saying, she said that at kindergarten kids are multiplying and dividing now. Oh and she said, I don't enforce it. She said, like, I don't want to get her in trouble. I don't know if people would be able to figure out who she is through me, but, but she was like, I don't, I don't do that because I don't agree with it. And it's wrong. And you know, um, it, it's, she's right. Like yeah. kindergarten no. multiplication. No, I'm sorry. No. I didn't even learn that until like second or third grade. Well, like, and why do they need to know that? Yeah. Sorry. Why do they need to know that? Yeah. Above going outside for 30 minutes <laughs> and earthing and lowering their blood pressure. <laughs> Yeah. They've proven that dyslexia is caused by forcing um, mm -hmm. boys, but kids to read too young, too fast. Yep. When they're not ready. Yeah. 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 I struggled with that actually for a very long time. I did all the way up into my early twenties, honestly. And then finally, when it clicked for me on how to read and spell better on my own, this is just recently within the last five years, I, I don't have that issue anymore. And what does that say? So I struggled with that for, you know, 25 years before I, you know, then finally can do it easily. So yeah. why not hold them off for a few more years until they're ready? Right. Like, again, we push these kids into these lumps and graphs and charts and statistics and everything. And you all have to be doing this or it's wrong, you know, and there's something wrong. And it's like, no, just wait till they're ready. And some kids are more better than others too. Like, like my son, yeah. he does count and do things, you know, he is going to be that way. But then my daughter, no way. <laughs> like she's going to be so old before she does any of that. And that's fine. Like in the end, they will all know it and they will all use whatever their skills are for whatever they need to do in life. We all don't mm -hmm. have to know everything. Like that's the yeah. other thing, you know, you talked about, you know, bringing up pointless classes and that kind of thing. It's, it's so true. Like it's just completely unnecessary. I think that's the thing that really frustrated me the most when I was um, a teenager because I had, a, I am one of those rare people that tests really well. Give me a test because I want to see where I'm at. Like it's, I love testing. I, yes, <laughs> it's my favorite. My favorite part of being homeschooled was the annual test that the state would give us. Oh my gosh. It was I awesome. Everybody was super stressed out and I was like, this is awesome, you guys, we're getting tested. Anyway, so like that, that was me though. I always scored in the 90 percentile. I, I love testing. Um, but a lot of my siblings and friends around me really struggled with a, cer a certain um, subject, be it math or English or even art. And I remember them complaining, I'm obviously not going to go into a math related field. Why do I need to know anything higher than you know, addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. Why, why do I need to know pre-calculus or pre-trig in order to, quote, graduate from high school? Because I'm not going to be going into this, this kind of a field. Like, and these are people who didn't want to be doctors. They didn't really even want to go to college. They were fine being a checkout bag person or one, one friend in particular was going to be an artist. You know, painting pictures does not require to know pre-trig, you know. <laughs> And it's, it's just one of those things where we require, like, we require so much well-roundedness from everyone that is really being detrimental to even our teens, you know, because they're being 
held back and told that they're stupid when they're not stupid their brains just aren't geared for a certain subject but until you pass that subject then you're an idiot you know and that that's fair well and how much is that stressing them out and taking away from where they could be excelling you know and 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 pulling all that emotion and everything you know if they have to take calculus today and and do this then they have to go do this and they've spent all this energy they don't have the energy to go do what they want to do because they've spent it all on this trying to figure out because it is a struggle for them it takes twice as much energy there's your stress levels there's everything and then they have nothing to go and actually be passionate about anything Mm -hmm. you know yeah like it's, it's been totally pulling, pulling away from them. And I, and I so agree. I was one of those kids who was just like, I, I'm not doing this. I'm not even going to college. Why the heck do I need to do this? And you know, that's one of the things we talk about. We talk about life is short. Well, yeah, it is, but it's also very long. Why do you have to know this by the time you're 18 and graduating? You know, why can't you graduate earlier? Go get some life experience, go figure out what you want to do and come back and learn algebra or calculus or xyz you know because we all do it you i know you and i i know i have especially when you you find something else you have to go back and relearn it you have to go back and do this because you didn't care in high school well now it applies over here and so you need to go relearn grammar to write a blog post or relearn this to do that or you know like it's even in my hormones apprenticeship this last summer when we were talking about this this week like there was certain topics that I already knew I was not going to address with my future clients because it's just not my niche. And, um, I didn't pay attention to the class in those areas. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to help women with that. I have other coaches that I'm going to refer them to. Yeah. And so I'm going to not, not even pay attention to that part. And it came up because this last week, you know, I had someone who, who had an issue with that. And I was like, I can't even begin to help you because I did not pay attention. <laughs> like here's a person that did that was not me so yeah like it's true we we when we're learning we look at stuff and we go that's not going to apply to what we're doing or my goals and then if your goals change you got to go back and redo it all because and that's human nature that's totally normal and there's nothing wrong with that so I totally yeah so put that in perspective of like a three-year-old who is forced to be in this classroom and has nothing to do with their goals in life. Their goals in life are to run around outside, balance on a log, climb a tree, jump in a mud puddle. That's what they want to do. No wonder they're so fidgety. Like, the, it, it makes it makes no sense whatsoever that we're forcing them to have our interests in mind. That's, yes. that's we are forcing our agendas on them. Yes. For, for no reason at all. For absolutely, absolutely no reason at all. It is just it's insanity. Is really what it is. It's mm-hmm. total chaos. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it is. There's no reason that a three-year-old should be forced to sit still and learn. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. No. Especially for hours a day. Exactly. You know I mean? um, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. So, so yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. so how do we fix it, you know, with our, with our kids going forward? How do we make that, um, something that we can fix in the next generation instead of like continuing on this perpetual OCD lifestyle where we're those parents that are like standing there with the shotgun, you know, you better get the spelling bee right or else. 
<laughs> so yeah, so I mean, I don't have the perfect answers yet, but what I'm looking into is um, a type of just natural schooling, forest schooling, wild schooling, um, where you do teach your kids how to count and their name and all these things, but on a very chill level, when they're ready, you will know, you know, when they're ready to remember, they will remember when they're ready. You follow your child's leads and signals on these things. Um, and just by getting outside, obviously, like correcting first. I think that's the first the biggest thing actually is to correct the crazy lifestyle you're in by just dropping everything, making being outside priority, you know, as much as possible, a minimum of three hours a day, obviously weather permitting, um, all of that. And just, just let them unwind. Let them relax. I know as an adult, it has taken me months to relax and unwind from very stressful situations. And that's what they need. They just need chill. <laughs> they Absolutely. just need to calm down. They need to let their hormones, you know, rebalance. They need to let their mind re-come back to allowing it to be creative, allowing it to um, pursue whatever they want to do and just resetting resetting it all so that would be my first suggestion is just take some time and chill and then go from there you know eat work with each individual child you know like my son I might do more with him and let him do things because he enjoys it he likes to learn he likes to know things um but you know my daughter I'm just gonna let her be a wild child as long as she wants to be you know and when she's ready to learn you know yeah you know maybe when she's seven to ten I'll start enforcing a little bit more structure and um, different things. And that's not to say you don't teach them to sit still and do things, you know, through church or whatever. Yes, we need to be respectful. We need to learn manners, but look at all those things they're learning. Look at all those things they're learning. They're learning to walk. They're learning to talk. They're learning to, you know, live in society, to be happy, to be sad, to recognize emotions, to, um, know nature, to know when to put a coat on when they're going outside, to know when to not to, to know when to, you know, all these things. Look at all these things are learning just about life. You know, we've had almost 30 years of experience in life and we're expecting to throw that all on our three-year-old and they need to know what tomorrow. And it's like, no, they're still learning to do these baby things. They're still toddlers. They're learning toddler things. And so just put it into perspective of what are they struggling with? What is their struggle? Struggle? Why are they, why, when they're throwing a tantrum, what is triggering that? What, what is stressful about this? You know, and um, just letting letting them be the guide, letting them show you how things are going. And I don't mean that in a way where you let your kids be Haleans or brats, like you are the parent, <laughs> you take control, but there's definitely a, a, a time and a place where we need to step back and get our perfectionist motherhood dreams and aspirations out of the picture and figure out what we need to do for our child. And in our crazy world, that's even worse than it used to be. You know, I compare a lot of our lifestyles, what we need to be is like Laura Ingalls Wilder. She's not going to have the same struggles we're going to have because she didn't have an iPhone, <laughs> you know, with her three-year-old. Like this, that stuff just came naturally for them. And that's, that's the other thing is as a parent, getting back to, to parental instinct as well. I feel like that has been beaten out of us so much because we're told by this and this and this, and you know, Dr. Spock said this in his book, and now Dr. So-and-so says this, and it's all of a sudden word, you know, it's all of a sudden the thing, like, how could it be wrong? How could there be anything else? This is how we're told to raise our children. And 
No, it's not. You know, as a parent, you know what your child needs and you have to get back into in tune with that intuition, you know, mm-hmm. and nobody else knows what's best for your child except for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree 100%. You know, I, um, I saw a video recently um, where a, a father was talking to his child and she said she's, she's bored. And he said, um, you're alive. Like you live on planet earth. There is so much life going on around you. And like went on this whole lecture about like life is around you and there's birds in the sky and there's leaves on that tree. And basically, and he said, you don't have the right to be bored. And I was like, I want to remember that for when I have kids, I want to tell that to my kids. And it, it hit me through that lecture that I'm, you know, I remember being told as a kid, well, if you're bored, I have some chores you can do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that to my kids because that just makes them like scared to ever say anything. I want to say, well, go count the leaves on that tree, you know, go lay on the grass and watch a ladybug, like go yeah. learn about outside. And I wonder how much of this and everything we're talking about is what leads to kids being bored because we are so overstimulated. And I mean, even with electronics, you know, I don't want to bring up that whole issue. That's another one. Yeah, (laughs) it's another topic. Yeah. But I mean, you throw all this at them and then you throw electronics in there and you've got kids that are so used to being way overstimulated and way overusing their brain that they do not know how to stop and breathe and just be kids and just be a three-year-old who just watches bugs fly by. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And um, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just going to add to that. I mean, like, yeah, like, have you ever stopped to go 24 hours without your cell phone? Like, the mental state you get in, you get, it's it's like a drug. It really is. And it is, because we, we know it is. It releases dopamine, all these things as we get notifications and do things. We know it is a drug. But, like, it is hard. You have to detox from that. And I view that as same as our society, coming off of our society and being, coming into a place of calm and quiet is the same way. It is, we're always stimulated, always, everywhere. You go to Walmart, it's crazy town out there, let me tell you. And, and then you, to come home and just sit, you know, like, yeah, it's, yeah, and to watch, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. This morning, I was just going to say this morning, I rolled over in bed and I looked at the wall and you know how in the morning there'll be splotches of sun on your mm-hmm. wall from coming in. And I was like, sun, like, I kid you not. This is like what, cause you know, I'm waking up too. <laughs> so it's like one worded sentences. I was like, son, this reminds me of being a kid. And then I was like, when was the last time I laid in bed and just watched the sun on my walls? Right. And it just hit me that like, that's something I used to do as a kid. When I'd wake up, I'd roll over and just watch the sun. Like, the sun isn't even moving. It's just on your wall. And mm-hmm. I would just sit there and watch the sun yeah. and, like, just think about stuff, you know? And it just yeah. hit me that like, I haven't done that in years. And, like, how often do we just roll over and grab our phone and we're on Facebook comparing our morning to everybody else's morning and there we go, you know? But no, yeah. like, Anyway, I just wanted to throw, like, yeah. That's that's just it. And there again, there's a whole nother century our kids are missing out on. You Mm -hmm. know, we think, and so that's what I was going to say, is like, they they get all this other stimulation when right here is all the stimulation they need. 
you know, mm-hmm. like, so they're yeah. taking in all this stuff as a child, they're seeing the sun dancing on the wall, but yet the TV's on over here being crazy. They, right. It's just compounding. This is compounding effect. This is still new to them. The sunshine on the wall is still new to them. And yes. yet we're throwing all this other stuff at them saying, Oh, this is better. This is better. This is better. Yeah. And it's yeah. not. I remember somebody telling me once that when you have a baby, you're not supposed to just smile at them because they're learning facial expressions through you. And so you have to be angry and sad. And, mm-hmm. and I was, I was just looking at her and I was thinking, <laughs> great in theory. I love that idea. But do you think the kid won't figure it out by the time yeah, exactly. that, that this is angry? Cause if he doesn't <laughs> like, there's probably some other issues that we need to look into. Like, I figured it out and my parents yeah. only smiled at me as a baby, you know, cause they didn't know about all the psychology stuff. Right. It was the 90s. Like, <laughs> I always say that it was in the nineties. Of course they did that to me. <laughs> so, you know, like how much do we really need? Like we've, that's the other thing we've put so much on parents mm-hmm. to be like colors and numbers and, and yeah. always asking questions and learning and like, even adults don't think as much as we're trying to ask our two-year-old to, to respond exactly. to. You know? So can you imagine what that's doing to the parents to like come up with this stuff and ask repeatedly, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and the other thing is what's wrong with our kids being bored? Like once you get past that detox of screens and overstimulation and all of that, right after boredom lies creativity. You have to be bored in order to think of something new, because if you're not bored, you're stimulated. And so you're not going to be using your brain to actually think of something worth thinking about. You're not going to be creative. You're not going to, you're not going to learn to draw. You're not going to learn to have the next invention. You're not going to learn how to do X, Y, Z. You're not going to figure out how to get whatever you're, you know, I'll use my three-year-old, for example, his 150 car toys across the room in one, one trip, you know, unless he's bored, you know, yep. that's the only way that's going to happen is for him to actually stop and be able to think about it. Yes, you know? absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. I agree. So, yeah, so that kind of sidetracks completely from stress entirely, but you can also see through that, like how much our bodies are stressed out because they're not getting what they need. They're not developing the way they should. And it's, it's just a compounding effect of everything. It just really is. It, so many things are contributing to our stress. We're not letting kids get out their bent up energy. We're not, you know, letting them explore other areas in life. And then we're forcing them to do what we think is best for them. And it's leading to stressed out adults because yeah. adults can't look back on their own life and realize, hey, there was a time when I was actually happy. Like it's always been go, go, go since exactly. day one. And it, it literally, like, I actually, I have another friend. I guess she's more of an acquaintance. She's an old friend. friend. No. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you have a lot of friends. <laughs> she's more of an acquaintance. Anyway, she was showing me picture of her her baby and was telling me how early her teeth came in you know and and like so proud of, of mm-hmm. her being and I, I was I was like cool that's not really anything that you or your child has control over <laughs> you know like I mean no no offense to people who are proud of that but like we're so into the my child is is progressing so much faster than yeah. your child mentality that we're bragging about things that nobody has control over it really it's just kind of so happens true. on 
Well, it's so true. So my one-year-old is learning to walk and like, I feel like it's fairly early because my other two didn't walk till they were almost two and 18 months. So I have like a nine month old trying to walk and now she's 11 months old and she's pretty much there. If she's not walking by her birthday, I'll be surprised. But like, you know, other people are like, oh, my, my baby's 13 months and they're not walking. And I'm like, cool. Your China's yeah. that much safer. Like, you know, like, yeah, there is, there's, we put so much stress on your child has to do this and your child has to do that and they have to be doing this and have to be doing that you know and potty training like I remember Fritz because that's just him he's just you know just very intuitive and has control <laughs> over his own life apparently and he was potty trained by the time he was like two and a half like just perfect boom done you know and I just remember all the other moms like I could feel the guilt coming from them he's potty trained you know yeah. and I'm just like I had no control over this he just did it, you know? And then I have my other, my daughter who was potty trained, broke her leg. And now she probably won't potty train until she's five. Just not, I mean, that's just the truth. So, you know, so I have that, but like, you know, I always say like, they're not going to go to college, not potty train. Like who cares? Yeah. Unless that you, as I get back into your intuition, you can tell, Hey, they should be potty trained. They get this. And you realize there's some physically something physically going wrong because I do know children who have had that you know if for a reason why they can't be potty trained or you know whatever that's different but so what yeah what you know yeah. so what my three-year-old can count to 20 and the other one can only count to five right yes it doesn't matter how much are kids picking up on that too you know yes, exactly and then the child feels whatever that is, the disappointment or whatever, you know. Oh, that yeah, can be they can feel that when you're in a conversation with another mom. Well, he won't do this and he won't do that. What? Yeah. yeah. Focus on what they can do because more than likely your kid is doing way more in another area than mine is. My kids excel in fine motors and gross motors. No. You know, except for cinnamon. Now she is like my gross motor off the chart and, you know, like – Every kid has, again, their own special thing that they excel at and they do. And we cannot force them to be, to go into their two-year-old pediatrician appointment and you fill out the four-page four page piece of paper where you're comparing them to every other child. There is no chart for this. Absolutely. No As a mom, you will know, hey, he should be doing this. There, there looks like there must be something wrong with his legs physically. Yeah for a reason yeah. why he's not walking in yeah you know you will know instinctively as a parent yeah you know what's yeah. going on absolutely what's holding them back i agree um, I, yeah absolutely yeah so well i think we should probably wrap this one up <laughs> yes yes so. so if you struggle with that or have questions or anecdotal stories or want to add comments to anything we said, feel free to reach out to either of us. Um, and uh, we will, we're always glad to hear from our listeners. And other than that, we will see you back in a couple of weeks on the next episode. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yes. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on today's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our programs or watch the podcast in video form, you can visit our websites where we also share links and resources concerning the different topics that we have discussed. Check me out at www.nicolehegstead.com.
And check me out at www.bridgetmay.com. See See you next time. time.